Salutation Shades, and welcome back to your one-stop shop for all things strange and unusual, Talking with Shadows. The conversation everyone has, but no one wants to admit to. Here with your host, Vic Whitley. And back from vacation, Marcus Diaz. We are here to celebrate 100 episodes of Talking with Shadows. Yeah, round of applause. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just glad that you guys have tolerated us for 100 episodes. I expect there to be pitchforks, there to be torches, people at Attacking us, driving us out of our studio to insist that we stop. Ran out on a rail. It always surprises us that people still tune in to listen to us. So we we really appreciate all of the support that you guys have given us while we've been doing our podcast uh, for 100 episodes. Uh, And really, oh gosh, I think going on seven, eight years, eight years now, actually. I think we're pushing eight years now for just doing paranormal content in general. Wow, really? Yeah, I think we started in 2014. Damn, we're cool. Yeah. So I, I don't know about to go that far. But yeah, so thank you everybody so much who's been coming on this journey with us. We appreciate it so much. So we have a nice lineup of beers tonight. We do. I got us, um, let's see, these Blake's Hard Cider Caramel Apple and these Red's Wicked Black Cherry. What did what do you contribute, Marcus? What did you what did you bring? What did I, you add? I brought what was left over from my vacation. A nice cool refreshing. Bud Light Lime. <laughs> yeah, but, but, and we're throwing in Bud, Bud Light Lime. I know. All equally quality alcohols. I know. It's like, it's like <laughs> I bought this, and the, and the guy at the liquor store was like, you know water's free, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I, I get it. But this is what was left up. Well, this is what I was drinking up in the mountains on my vacation. So no, Bud Light Lime's good. It's mine. I like it. Yeah, I mean, it's it was. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the ones I, I get at bars. If they don't have Bud Light Orange, which I prefer. Oh, my God. You and your Bud Light Orange. Yeah. Good. All right, no, but I'm going to try your, your caramel apple circus beer. Okay, okay, let's, let's get this. Here. This is Blake's Hard Cider Caramel Apple. Here is to 100 episodes. To 100 episodes. Yes. Mm. Oh, damn, that's good. Oh, that is tasty. Yeah, I, that is a that is now a channel recommendation. Blake's Hard Cider Caramel Apple. That is good. Oh, like, you, you see, like, looking, like, it sounds good. It's in a can. Like, I, I really want it to be in a bottle. <laughs> Like looking at it, it can't. It looks like it's gonna taste like garbage, but it's delicious. Have you ever looked at an apple and just went, "Man, I wish this had caramel on it," and I wish it was alcoholic, and I wish this was in a liquid that I could drink. Well, do I have a product for you? <laughs> it's like we have a product for you, uh, Blanks. If you're looking for uh, somebody to sponsor, uh, we please please sponsor. So we Heck appreciate yeah! That. Heck yeah! You just send us alcohol. That's all oh, we yeah. need. That's all we need from a sponsor. So you, you guys are probably find this funny. So I got back from vacation. So I I went to the Smoky Mountains for my for my anniversary with my wife, and I stayed here. Yeah, and we and we and so we we rented How this. Dare cabin in you the woods. go on an anniversary thing without me? It's our anniversary too, you know. <laughs> I, I I know, but I, I I she she said we're going, and I said I just couldn't turn that down. So we we go to the cabin now. I I'm not a person that likes to go out and do things. I may stay at home while relaxing. So she makes me go on a mile and a half hike, two different like both ways up to this waterfall in the wait, middle wait, of this wait, national wait. forest. She made you hike 
for three miles? I know. Did you survive? Barely. Now, you, you do realize that three mile hikes like nothing, right? No. That's like what for I, me. When that's I go, a lot. When I go for a walk, look over at Howl's Wetland. That's usually more than three miles in itself. I'm the kind of guy that got told to take a lap in gym and just didn't come back. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, I'm still on the mile. Like it's just, it's just not gonna happen. And so, like the whole, so if I if I have to walk up a mile and a half up vertically, <laughs> she has to listen to me talk about all the haunted disappear haunted national forest and all the disappearances that go on in national forest. That was a bad idea. The whole way up. Now this is a public trail, so like there's literally tons of people <laughs> passing us and coming back, and the whole way up to this waterfall, I'm just telling stories of like, yeah, you know, people go missing in the national parks. You know, the government doesn't keep track of it, and people think it might be Bigfoot or it might be aliens or something or even aliens. stranger. Yeah. <laughs> and so the whole time, people start walking up to my wife, going, "Where'd you, where'd you pay for the haunted tour? We didn't. <laughs> like, where do you get that here in Gatlinburg? We didn't know that was there." Okay, okay, next time me and you go on a road trip, we're just going to go over to some haunted area we know a lot about. We're going to get the little post. It's going to say, tour starts here, and we're just going to walk around educating people on it. Right. Uh, just on, on the haunted area. I think, we, I think there's money in that. I think I think, I think we can do that. Sounds, that sounds fun. Oh, goodness. Oh, my, oh my God. So, uh, if you didn't catch episode 99 and 99.5, not our 100th episode. Not our 100th episode. 99.5. We did a bonus episode where we talked for two two whole episodes about Skinwalker Ranch. Like, the haunted, this weird, like, patch of, this weird ranch out in Utah that people have reported seeing tons of paranormal activity, monsters, UFOs, the strange. The Uinta Valley. Yes. Uh, and it's super cool. Definitely check it out. There's definitely some theories in there. Uh, especially in the second one that I don't think that people are hearing in other places. So I, I 100% recommend you guys checking that out. Uh, let's do a couple comments from that. Thank you. Uh, Izzy28 said, this was so awesome. I've been waiting for an episode on Skinwalker Ranch. But yeah, I do believe they tried covering up some things and exaggerated other things. Even the guy from Stardust Ranch doesn't trust Bigelow, but who knows? I am right there with him. Like, I, I will totally put it in the possibility range that it was like a snow job. Mm-hmm. The, the, from reading their work, I get the sense of them being earnest, but, you know, it could have right. just been written that way. Well, I think if you're going to look at the in the field of the paranormal, I mean, it's something I would say that's different from, say, the 1960s as, as compared to now. Like, you have to be careful because right now, like, there is – there's money to be made in it. Like you can make, I'm not saying they didn't make money off of them, but I think there's, there's even more of it now than there was back in. So you gotta, you gotta be careful. I think there might be people that might try to take advantage of. Oh yeah. Like I've looked into like, um, like the haunted, like resort area on Catalina Island before. And Mm -hmm. it is not not cheap, not cheap. (laughs) It's got, it's kind of expensive. I know. Like, Oh God, what was it? Even, uh, like even doing the, uh, the Louisville, uh, uh, Waverly Hills. Like like to stay overnight, it's incredibly expensive. Oh yeah, although there's but there are a lot of people that do claim a lot of paranormal activity there. But I mean, there there's a market for it. So I, I definitely tell people if you're going to get into, uh, like seriously studying it, um, you got you just you got to be careful. So I really think if they're going to charge that much, they should guarantee a paranormal experience. Right, right. guaranteed paranormal experience. Right, and. Uh, though with Skinwalker Ranch, they're trying to keep people out of Skinwalker Ranch. That's true. So why? What are, what are they hiding from us? Is it is it their lucky charms? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that's, that's where they're keeping the lucky charm. That's where they're burying their gold. Um, uh, Guy uh, Prieto said, finally, I've been waiting for this subject to be brought up uh, for a while. I haven't heard anyone broach as to what can cause the Skinwalker Ranch phenomenon. What if what uh, the activity is a reaction to a spore or fungus causing mass hallucinations or behavior? I mean, that would explain a lot of the erraticness that occurs on Skidwalker Ranch. It's definitely something that can happen. There's a lot of things that you could be exposed to to cause um, hallucinations. And a lot of the odd things that occurred, a few of them were caught on camera. Although it would not necessarily affect some of the readings they got, but it's also a possibility that those readings are as well hallucinations. Yeah, and Guy goes on to further explain that this is the type of thing that can happen. And he had a he said having experience firsthand, which you can tend to see while on uh, people signing, yeah, uh, maybe a huge underground fungus is causing these strange visual effects. People see X Files actually did an episode with a similar conclusion. One of the things I like to do when I'm checking out a house that's supposedly haunted is do an EF reading before we shut off all the power because if you have, like, a exposed wire that's sending out huge amounts of EMF, that actually causes hallucinations of shadow people. Mm -hmm. Or it draws shadow people there. Bomb, bomb, bomb. Uh, the Joker said my skin is crawling already. Well, I'd, I'd go to a dermatologist. I would too. I, I would see a doctor. I would see. A, I would see a doctor. Yeah, de definitely, definitely get that one checked out. Uh, Jay the Phoenix said, "Amazing! Thanks for doing more on this expensive topic. I wonder if the black boxes, which we talked about in the second episode, rather than actually controlling the paranormal, could just cause people to hallucinate the paranormal. What better war tactic than have an enemy troop see bullet and pervious werewolves running around, flying saucers hovering overhead?" And giant birds. Oh, it'd be a really good morale shock tactic right there. Mm -hmm. um, like, beyond that, that's a really interesting idea because I'm, I'm fairly curious about these black boxes. I've only, to be honest, I've only done a little bit of looking into it so far, but I would like to learn more. And this is the sort of thing I could definitely see experimented on. Like, I could definitely see a scenario where... Like, Bigelow, through his connections in aerospace, were asked, hey, we need to get a group of people out here. They need to be trained observers, and we want to test this technology on them to see what happens. Like, that is something I could definitely see being a real thing that could occur. And then they, why would they use scientists? Because they're trained observers. It's hard to justify having, like, say, policemen who are also trained observers out in that area. But if you're hiring a group of scientists, it makes sense for them to be sticking around in one area and doing studies and Another good thing would be see if they can figure out that we're messing with them. Yeah, I mean, I think psychological warfare has been something that has been utilized, I mean, since the dawn of time. And, I mean, it's evolving now. And when you see some of the technology that we've been able to – that we've been able to do and that we've been able to we've been able to create, like, uh, a lot of the weird, uh, like, infrasounds that the technology that the government seems to be working on, um, it, just, it just seems like this could be something that I think that people would want to be able to do, again, certain – cultures that really have a, a strong connection you know to the paranormal have a paranormal story because like it was interesting i was talking to um i was talking to a, another creator uh gavin eddings he does like a horror podcast he does like a horror youtube channel it's great content and he was he was asking like where are there some other museums and i was talking to him and i said i said if you didn't really know a lot of small towns have their own monster festivals yeah like you know like there's the beast of busco like here in indiana that has a whole festival every year dedicated to this giant turtle that was seen like 60 years ago 
So I mean, it's it's ingrained in a lot of these small towns. If you don't, uh, the people and people just don't and people just don't realize it. And, like, I can I can pimp Gavin's comedy, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I love Gavin as a comedian. When I go out and Gavin does a set, I always, like, super love it. We, we should do, like, a crossover set with Gavin. I like Gavin. I told him that, yeah. I said he's one of the first people that we want to have on uh, whenever we uh, bring o- uh, whenever we uh, get the studio uh, renovated oh, yeah. downstairs. Yeah, it would be a really good person to bring on. So, I know she didn't go, you love your comedy, Marcus. I show up for you. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I like, I see Gavin because I'm there to watch you. <laughs> Okay, I think that's, that's enough of a like, endorsement right there. No, that just says you go. That may just sound like you go because you have to. No, no, I go because I like your stuff. No, you, and because he makes me. No, no, because <laughs> that sounds like you sitting in the audience being like, "Who made you come here to this, this comedy show?" <laughs> I always have a blast when I go. Okay, I'm just saying, I'm not being a little salty. So, so it's always being a little sensitive, a little salty. We got some sensitive, salty checks. I am mix. the least dramatic person between the two of us. Thank you very much. That is sir. definitely not true. That is definitely Thank not you. true. You're incredibly dramatic. I have, I'm no. <clears throat> I'm offended. You said that. Of course anyway. you are. <laughs> All right, that's the comments for the episode, man. So our setup for today's episode is going to be a little different than normal. To celebrate our 100th episode, we did ask you guys to send in some questions. And we're going to be kind of talking out those questions. And we might also throw in some subjects that we just want to talk about as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Avarice Rex, (laughs) the Dark Phoenix, asked. Fun guy to talk to on the Discord channel, too. Yes, he is. Uh, For both of you, how many paranormal things have you encountered yourselves collectively? Or on your own, what were said paranormal things? Oh, goodness. Uh, Mine's kind of a long list because I've been in the field a lot longer than you. Why don't you get it rolling, though? I didn't have a whole lot of paranormal experiences, I would say, until... I would say post-college. Um, probably when I was in my, my mid twenties was when that was when that started. Cause that's really whenever we started getting like, you know, Vic really started getting into the paranormal and, you know, I want to go on paranormal adventures. So to not feel left out, <laughs> I don't like, yeah, I'll go. Uh, and I, I would say that's when really, when a lot of my paranormal experiences started. So I've had a few that have part a few core ones that have happened to me since then. And we've talked about this a lot on the channel that it seems as though that the more you seem to just peer into the paranormal, the more likely it's going to appear back, like it's going to appear back at you and, and you're going to have these sort of paranormal experiences. Um, I I would say if you have not heard the story of uh uh this I one individually that I had and then I know one collectively between the two of us that I that, that, that I can bring up uh like the story in which we were first approaching the story of skinwalkers and I was reading the story of skinwalkers outside with my dog and I'm reading this book and it's nighttime and there's just a light flashing down it's like a circle of light with like two feet from me and as I'm reading it one of the things I'm reading about is when you're reading about them and you're talking about them and you're looking at them, they know it. And as I'm literally reading that passage, I cannot make this up. A shadowy four-legged dog-sized raccoon, something four-legged sized creature walks out two feet from me in the middle of a circle, locks eyes with my dog. And there is just independent. It's just, it's independent. It's not my dog's shadow. There's no shadow connecting to my dog. It's not in the shape of my dog at all because uh, there was no tail. That was a weird one. And it's just, and my dog locked eyes with it for like 10 solid minutes. And then the creature by itself, by the way, turns around and walks back into the shadows. 
And then I call Vic up, and he doesn't take me seriously. He was so panicked, he wasn't explaining himself. Like, I thought he had seen, like, a squirrel or a dog in his yard, and he's called me up panicked from his basement. I'm like, I, I don't I don't know what's what's going on. Explain yourself. God. I know what I saw, Vic. <laughs> you, well, I'm sure you did, but at the time, like, this was one of his first real core paranormal experiences. Mm-hmm. And like he was, he was a little worked up, a, a little shaken up by it. I'm, and I just didn't get what you were trying to tell me. It was, I thought you were like trying to prank me or something. No, it was it was very weird and very disturbing because it was literally around like the, I'm reading the passage that when when you talk about them and when you and when you look into the, look at them, they know, and then it immediately happens. And I start just and because they're talking about seeing bizarre animals in the book as their messengers, and I'm like, holy crap. I'm out, and then I read the rest of the book in the daylight. I 100% did that. If I understood what was going on, I definitely would have been there. Was, I, I really should have just come over, anyways. It was. Uh, it was very. It was a very. Uh, it was a very intense encounter for that. Uh, the quickest collective one, which I think would be very interesting, and then I'll let you tell one for yourself. Uh, I, I got a few. I'm gonna yeah, go yeah, over. yeah. The collective one that has happened to us, I, w- I will say for sure. Uh, we went. We went on an investigation to Mammoth Cave, and we investigated this church that's there. And uh, I looked at the story. Vic and Rick, Ricky Brockman from uh, Mount Vernon Paranormal uh, did not. They didn't look into any of the legends. I was the only one that knew any of it. And we're, we're there really late at night. And one of the things about the church is if you go out there is you will hear music playing. And you will hear church bells and, uh, and, and whatnot type, type deal. And, and we're out there and we're having, and we're having one of these. And... It was Vic. You, yeah, you, you turned to me and you actually had said to me, you know, do you hear music or maybe Rick? I can't remember which one. No, it, it was me. I, we actually have this on video. We need to yeah. like just actually post it it's, at it's, some point. It's but very I very weird. I think you might have said something like, D- "Do you hear anything?" And I went, "Yeah, no. but it's like really faint." Or I, I, my response was something along the lines of like, "Yeah, but it's really faint. It's like church music or bells or no. something like you that." Didn't, you didn't. I didn't prompt it. Uh, you might not prompt it. I, I did. That was all you. You brought that up. That was well, not you me. Know, I'm pretty sure we have this on video yeah, well, to because I think it. I was wearing uh, the GoPro at yeah. the time when this happened. And then also didn't like we get something thrown at us when we're out there too. I did. Yeah, I was yeah. out. Yeah, when I was out, that was also very weird. We're like it's like 1 a.m. in the middle of like no, we're like good, solid, like five six miles from any real place where anybody's living. And, uh, and like, I'm just, I'm out there in this huge clearing and there's woods that are away, but you, it's a, it's a pretty far stretch and it's 1 a.m. in the morning and, uh, someone hurl and like, I, I feel this thud on my back and I turn around and it's a piece of dead tree bark that's just laying behind me that I did not, that I did not walk over. It was very, that was another very weird incident. And I think we have that on camera too, but no one was looking at you when it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just, I felt it hit my back and I turn around and this dead wood is laying behind me. That was a very that was a very weird one. Okay, I'll share a few with you guys. If you're real dedicates of this channel, you might recognize some of these, but I'm going to imagine a lot of you guys have not heard them. Uh, first, like my first paranormal encounter happened when I was very young. Um, I was still young enough that, like during the day, I would take naps with my parents. So I'm thinking somewhere between preschool and first grade would be around the time. So we just got done working in the barn, just working on the horses. For those of you who don't know, I grew up on a, a western horse farm. And uh, basically, we're laying down to take our nap, and I'm struggling to get a, get asleep. And I thrash a little bit and stuff, and I end up feeling like something's up. 
So I sit up in the bed and look around, and at the foot of the bed, there's just this outline of a human made of static just there seemingly looking at me. And I'm just like, whoa, 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 uh, And I, I had no context for what to do. I tried to wake up my mom and dad, but they just would not wake up. And I didn't want to run away from it because, like, I at least have my parents here and little kid thought. It's like, at least they're here even though they're not awake. And at one point, it started to sink down, and I just hid under the covers, and I've never seen it again. But when we were talking with uh, Lil and Fritz from uh, Knock Once for Yes, they asked me about that, or we asked them, and Lil gave a very similar first encounter with also a static person. Mm -hmm. And that's when we actually started our investigation on static people, because I thought I was the only person to ever see one at this point, because I'd never heard anyone else in the paranormal bring it up. Yeah, and it's super. it was super weird. Like, when you, whenever you did that, you talked about that. I think it was after that. I think after that we had no 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 it was before that we had posted a video where we had talked about like static people. And oh, I thought that, that was. Did I we, thought, or did we do I, that? I after? think it's after. I think that was after the conversation with Lil and Fred. Yeah, I might yeah. be wrong, but I, I think be, it is. Yeah, and and we did one, and and like so many people just came forward and oh my god, I had, I've had an experience with that too. I just didn't know what to call them. But um, probably one of my favorite paranormal experiences, and like like I said, I've been like investigating the paranormal since I was like 13. So I've had a lot of them. So I'm just kind of going over the highlights, but, uh, basically some of my friends were hanging out and this girl I knew, and I was with Ellie at the time, um, had mentioned, Hey, I know about this supposedly haunted place. Not far from where I grew up. Do you want to check it out? And I'm like, heck yeah, I'm not doing anything this evening. So me, her and Ellie hop in the car and go to drive out. And she tells us a little bit about the legend that, Oh, excuse, excuse me, a couple beers in already. But um, we drive out there. She tells a little bit about the legend. Um, basically, the story is that there was an old lady that lived in this house, that she had tons of cats by the time that they found her by the cats that already eaten most of her body, and that supposedly the area is now haunted by the woman's ghost, and that if you walk up to the, um, like the fallen stump on the property, you'll see the old woman's ghost, and it'll be halfway eaten and stuff. So we get out there, and the building's been torn down. You can't even see it from the road. There's a circle of trees around it, um, and there's a fence around it. So both Ellie and her were like, ah, we're not we're not going to go jump the fence. We might get in trouble. I'm like, I'm already out here. I'm going to jump the fence. <laughs> so I grab my flashlight and stuff, and I go, I jump the fence, and I get inside, and I start looking around, and I quickly realize the house is no longer there. The house has been torn down. And I'm just kind of out there in this circle of trees, and I do find the stump. And while I'm looking down at the stump, I notice that there's a set of glowing eyes watching me from the woods. They're just these bright, whitish eye glows. They're just clearly eye glows. They're moving together and stuff. And as I look around, I realize I'm surrounded entirely 360 degrees by these glowing eyes. By this point, like, they, they clearly weren't, like, big creatures. I didn't think it was, like, a werewolf or something. They were, like, about the size of cat eyes. They were mainly close to the ground, and I'd been investigating the paranormal for some time at this point. So I didn't really panic. I just kind of took a deep breath, and I shined the my mag light right on where it was said the eyes were, and there's nothing there. And I'd move it away, and immediately the eyes are back. Shine the light. Immediately it's there. I surveyed the area looking for what is the source of the light that the shine's being created by. And the only thing I could fear was my mag light, but... It doesn't seem to be responding that way. So I turn the mag light off. The lights, the eyes are still there. Turn it back on. So I'm like, okay, only thing left to do is to approach it. 
So I started to walk up, and I walked up to a set of the eyes, and they, they did move a little bit, but not a lot. And I got to right where the eyes were, and I would flick it on and off, and when the light was off, I could see the eyes. When the light was on, there's no animal there, no eyes, nothing. At that point, I double back to the car, jump the fence, get back with them, explain the story. And over at the fence line, there's now this floating set of eyes just kind of watching us. And it kind of drifts up a ways to where it's actually at about human height and then back down, disappears. And that was the end of the encounter right there. Boom. Done. Really interesting, really fascinating, amazing to be in the middle of it. Just amazing to be in the middle of it. It was almost like being like under the water and just seeing all these flashes of light out in the distance. It was an extremely surreal moment for me. Never did see the half-eaten old lady ghost, but I, <laughs> there's something going on there. Because if because I would believe that maybe the cats were just still there, and that's what I was seeing, but clearly not. Because when I got closer, it clearly wasn't just cats. Right, right. Like, like I see these glowing eyes off of the distance, and the only thing I can think in my head, I'm like, and that's how Vic was almost taken out by a drone strike. <laughs> But uh, no, I mean, I, I, that's definitely one of the most instances. And we've never been able to go back to that house. I keep asking. Well, she doesn't live around here anymore. <laughs> it's, it's hard to you find her. You were there. Oh, yeah, but we were driving through the dark that's, through I the know. outskirts it's, of Evansville. I don't remember the road names at the time. And true. this was back before I kept a journal. Like, if you investigate the paranormal, keep a journal. Keep a journal. That, that, that's the best advice I can give you. Journal everything. I always remember the wise words of Lego Batman. A B or A B R. Always be recording. Always be recording. Always be recording. Like definitely is another is an, is another uh, important thing to remember too. And I also had like no gear back then. I had a, a mag light, and that was pretty much it. Um, mm. want me to throw out some others because I got a few other cool sure. ones. Uh, well, this might play into uh, this might play into Dan's question. Okay. Some of this, he says. Dan Ward says, "I want to hear some of your favorite and least favorite investigations." Oh, <laughs> oh goodness. Goodness, I have a lot of least favorites because ninety nine percent of the time you're not going to find anything. Yeah. What is what's been your most favorite oh, investigation? Wow. Oh goodness, you you go first. I'll do my least favorite one. Go ahead. Well, uh, the the most favorite one that we've ever done was Mammoth Cave because that was easily that was a really fun. one. That was fun. It was me, Vic, and and Ricky. We went down there. We rented like a rat's nest of a hotel room. It was. You know, we oh yeah, we were dragging furniture in front of the door because we were not convinced yeah. that the hotel staff were not going the to kill ho- us. <laughs> the hotel staff, when we checked in late at night, were all wearing Wendy's t like all of them were wearing Wendy's t shirts, and the they Wendy's- were saying really weird stuff to yeah. each other. Yeah, and like seemed very confused about how to actually check us in, and it was almost sort of like the win- the they had robbed the dairy like the Dairy Queen staff across the street had ro- were robbing this place <laughs> and was just trying to get us to go away. Uh, but it was it, that was fun and going out to investigate that and there was a whole bunch of other fun really inter- oh because uh, uh, because my favorite one for that was also while we're driving on that on the way back and we found that really weird altar yep that yeah was really with the that just out of nowhere with just like there was almost sort of like a fairy altar with like a a flower that was like freshly cut in the middle of the woods on this like pedestal. No trails anywhere, uh, so there's no real reason why anybody would walking in this particular area. And Ricky just happened to just sort of see that out the side of his head, like the side of the the car. It was very very interesting. The least favorite paranormal investigation they ever did 
was whenever we went to invest. Were you there when we went to investigate the doctor's house from from when we worked at the hospital? No, no, I missed that. Okay, so I, I think I might have been sick that week I, or something. Okay, so this is the one that I. <laughs> So uh, Ricardo Bruckman asked asked me to go, asked us to go, and I went, and we investigated the house. It was a really nice house of this of this pretty big wig doctor, and uh, the house is supposed to be haunted. Uh, it's a beautiful house, beautiful house, and it had it used to be a a refuge for a lot of uh, gay people back in the nineteen eighties, like during the AIDS scare, and a lot of people would stay there, and a few people passed away, and it was supposed to be haunted. It's very beautiful, very beautiful house, really rich history. And, uh, and so Ricardo Bruckman gets, uh, like goes like literally boss the wall. Like he brings all <laughs> of his tech gear out. He's got like a, command, he has a lot of gear. He does. He's got like a command station set up. He's got cameras all over the house. I mean, he looks like, like the operator from the matrix, like literally with everything that he's got set up and we've got cameras and lights are off. Now this sounds like this would just be cool. The only problem was. The doctor invited a bunch of our other coworkers and a bunch of his friends over, and they're all drinking wine, watching us and gawking at us while we're investigating the house. That sounds terrible. I'm yeah. so glad I didn't go. Yeah. So, like, we're trying to do this paranormal investigation of the house, and it's sort of like we're, like, like animals in a zoo for these, like, sort of, like, other people to be watching us while they're drinking wine while we're trying to do a paranormal investigation. Uh, and it was very, very awkward. I can't pick out a favorite light. I've been on a lot of investigations, and that Mammoth Cave one was pretty damn fun. But uh, I'll, I'll share some that I liked for a unique reason. The first one was my investigation. I think it was of Carter Hall in Oakland City. And uh, this is on the Oakland City University campus. And there was this uh, legend that the ghost of Mr. Carter you could see at midnight each night light this candle up in the windowsill and then and then all the windows and doors would shutter and basically I had a friend who was on security and I'm like hey could you just not sweep this room before <laughs> uh before you know midnight and then maybe after midnight come back and just unlock it for me he's like yeah yeah it's fine man it's fine he's actually my roommate at the time <laughs> So I basically went in there, and I camped out in there until midnight. And at midnight, the orange thermostat light came on. And when the thermostat clicked, it caused all the doors and windows to shake. And solved. <laughs> I actually do like it when you can debunk something. Mm -hmm. Because, well, you actually get a conclusive answer out of it. And there was another one like that when I was uh, working in the Pocono Mountains where it was this uh, barn that you're supposed to walk by at night and you would hear this heartbeat. But I basically looked into it and I found out like there's this old clock in there that somehow is still running and it has this really loud tick. But the thing is, when I walked up, I, it sounded like a heartbeat until right. I calmed down and started to really listen. And I'm like, that's not a heartbeat, that's just a tick. But like those were both very fun and very satisfying just because you were able to get to a conclusion. My least favorite, uh, probably anything involving a bunch of people that just are not taking it serious or are being very hokey about it, but right. probably more likely this one where I was investigating. I don't even remember what bridge it was now. Um, I think it was in northern Indiana, and it was like three degrees and raining. And, like, it was it was cold enough the rain was hitting your jacket and turning into ice. And that was pretty <laughs> miserable. Right. Or uh, Purplehead Bridge, uh, the one that's over the Wabash. 
the we got out there, started investigating the bridge, and then cops pulled up on us, <laughs> and they're like, "You're going to jail. You can't be on a bridge like at night." You're, and I'm like, "Okay, we'll just we'll just go home. We'll leave." He's like, "No, you're going to jail," and he was going to actually bring us in. Until he realized we were all college students, and then we have class the next morning, and that's the only reason he let us off. <laughs> but he was, like, very straight nose, very super serious, like, no, I'm allowed to bring you in on this. You're going to jail. You're paying these fines. <laughs> There's been a lot of the times where we've done an investigation, and the cops have pulled up. Like, I remember when we went, we went to investigate some bridge. It was me. I know, I know me and you, and the cops pulled up with, like, a light, like, flashing, like, right at us. We're just waving. I remember we were waving. And uh, they just kept driving away. That was one cool thing about working with Ricky. Oh, yeah, yeah no. AB, he, ABR, always bring Ricky. Yeah. That guy can talk his way out he, of literally did. anything. And he called ahead to let the – he always called – because that's something you can do a lot of times in paranormal investigations is call the cops. They'll tell you whether or not it's legal to be out there. Oh, yeah. You know, and letting them – letting dispatch know that you're going out there – uh, it's really cool. That way, in case they get anybody – they get any calls or if they do drive by, uh, it's – a they can of, also be super helpful on research. Yeah, they'll also just tell you. They'll also just uh, particularly tell you certain things. Because if you don't, then you end up like the time, like either like we talked or the remember the paranormal uh, live action role playing game that we played on no. the University of Southern Indiana. Mm. Remember? Oh you, yes, you yes, went, yes, yes, you went yes, out to yes. This, like real late at night to this one part, and me and Ellie were were coming out there to to do a scene like in the in the role playing game, and we get there. <laughs> there's Vincent on the cop car <laughs> being pinned down by the cops. It happens sometimes. It happens. I know, and it's it's only funny because it's like ten years later. Uh, it's like so many years later. It was just it wasn't funny at the time, but it's 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 way funnier. It's way funnier now. But yeah, no, yeah. always always bring Ricky. He can talk his way out of any situation. Someone right. might be ready to shoot you. He will talk that person yeah. out of it. And also probably have a, and have a gun already. <laughs> like apartment too. I, I like to think of us as a adventuring party. Yeah, Ricky's the face person who can talk his way out of anything. You're the only reason that we actually make it through these because you'll actually plan out where are we sleeping at night. Right. Have we? We're do we have nice. reservations? Did we bring batteries and stuff like that? And I'm the one that's good for, like, if you need something climbed into, snuck into, or if we get lost in the woods, can actually get us. I'm, I'm the team's ranger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like... Uh, I work a lot in people's homes because apparently I'm a burglar. <laughs> I'm really easy to break into people's homes. Um, I'm not breaking into people's homes, but you know, sometimes, like, sometimes you got to get into a weird place fine. to investigate the paranormal. Uh, Creepy California says, Actually, "I'm going to open the next beer yeah, while you're reading uh, this." Will you guys ever record a ghost or spirit hunt for the podcast? The answer to that is yes, and we've already done it. We've done it. We have. We have done it. Uh, I have a large pile of recordings that I got to get to. I mean, I think a big part of what I want to make sure to do, because I think as we've been doing the podcast, I've been wanting to to improve our content. Because if you go way back, like some people said that they have our content, you know, like a lot of our sound was terrible. We sound terrible. Oh, yeah. and, and we want to make sure that we bring you guys like like good content. But we do actually have the Mammoth Cave stuff, uh, a lot of that recorded uh, on the GoPro. We also did a lot of recordings, like road trip recordings, where yeah. we just record ourselves chatting during the road trip. Yeah, where we call it like Shadows Across America. And we have, and we have some of those uh, that I'm that I'm working on editing too for you guys. So that's fun. So I I do have that stuff, and I and I am working. I'm I am working on getting that. Like, cause I I actually like doing that. I've been wanting to do more field work lately. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I think this is gonna be a good time. I, uh, and I think this is, it'd be a lot of fun. 
especially whenever especially whenever we get uh, especially whenever we get the the studio set up downstairs. I think it'll be we're gonna get some more like video video yeah recording. So. Also, this is some real top quality Bud Light Lime here. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, you know, perfectly only, aged. Only top shelf for my wonderful co-host. Um, here's one from uh, here's one from Twitter. Uh, Simon says, "What do you guys think that the two of you each? What do you think the other brings to the podcast?" Oh, okay. He brings personality <laughs> and funniness and jokiness. Like I, especially early on, I was way too stiff. But Marcus brings the personality, but also, like, the proper organizational stuff where, like, he does the editing and things like that. And I've actually offered to help him with editing a few times because he'll be like, oh, man, this editing so much work. And I feel bad because he's doing a lot of work. But then I'll be like, well, why don't you teach me how to do it? He's like, no, no, this is my editing. <laughs> like but, all of my precious. But, yeah, no, he does a ton, ton, ton of work. And is also legitimately straight up funnier than I am. <laughs> uh, I say what Vic brings. Vic knows a lot of really weird random facts. Like, I, I don't think there's been a single podcast episode that we've done where he didn't happen to already have some sort of weird obscure fact <laughs> to to bring up about it. You know. And I, you know, I think that's always, that's definitely really cool. Because that's one of the things that I think that we do is we try to, we try to, bring something unique to the conversation. We try to bring you guys more than just, you know, the ghost adventures like, oh, 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 like type stuff. We want to, you know, we really want to bring conversations of the paranormal, you know, into life for you guys. Take, like, elevate them for you guys and try to, and think about them and just have some of these new conversations. Conversations, by the way, like from our tagline, that's everyone has, but no one wants to admit to. <laughs> Which, but when it comes down to it, I might do a lot of reading for the channel, but Marcus really does put in more work than I do with all the editing and stuff. He really, really does. Because I, think, I mean, well, we, we both we, we care we care about you guys, and we, you know, we we want to bring you the best content that we can. And so that's what you know. That's what we're always trying to think for you guys, and 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 and, and do something for you guys. You know, so um, I'm pulling one over here. Ah. You okay over there? I, it is, having a little moment? It is working. Okay. Um, here's a full one. Uh, Ava Kiko says, uh, here's a question. Do you think humanity will ever achieve time travel? And if yes, why has no one come from the future to tell us? Or maybe oh, they did. Goodness. Goodness. Um, do you want to field first or do you want me to? Sure, you go ahead. Okay, well, effectively... The discovery of tra time travel, it creates an interesting just dialectic issue on discovery. Because, like, if someone's discovered time travel, that means they had to have tested it, which means they've had to have gone back in time. Which would mean, at some point in time, the technology existed before it was created. <laughs> but I think that it has a lot of potential to be the last you think humans ever create. I could seriously see us really wreck things up. I'm kind of hoping that if we do ever invent time travel, that we have the branching universe theory, where mm -hmm. when something changes in timeline, it creates a second universe instead of a singular rewriting of a timeline. Uh, there have been people who've claimed to have come from the future and made statements. Sometimes they pan out a little bit. Sometimes they don't. They never pan out perfectly. 
Like, no one ever comes says they came from the future, and here's hard fact data that is going to be impossible to stage. But there's people who have gotten surprisingly high amounts of things correct. And as far as, like, why, I actually am pretty sure if, if you're going to use a time machine, you're probably under the control of some sort of highly responsible group, either science, government, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I'd imagine there'd be some form of prime directive heavily limiting what you're allowed to do. Like, I, I, I think, like, they're not going to say, oh, yeah, just just travel wherever you want in time, do whatever you want, it doesn't matter. I, I would highly doubt that that's the case. So I'm going to bet there would be an incredibly high restriction on it. But also, I entertain sometimes the possibility that maybe time travel is not a scientific possibility. You know, I, I think that if we do, if we do achieve time travel in some way, like what they said, they're going to control. Like, you're going to see, like, the time cops, like, from the Loki series. Like, 100% being like, there's someone variant not registered, and they're going to drive. Like, I 100% believe that. I think that if time travel really was created, I think that it would dramatically impact humanity because not only now are you having to to think about things in terms of, like, your relation with the world of, like, you know, you know, a uh, height, width, death, and all that, but now time at the same time because if it's just easy for us to just travel back in time and all that and, and, and what that would mean, you know, as far as, like, oh, God, like, like being able to, like, you know, something happening in the past and, and now it's not that, you know, it, it's, it, it could always feel like it's right there because at any moment you could go back and relive. Beyond that, like, everyone likes to think that we live in a three-dimensional world, but we really live in a four-dimensional world because we have up, down, we have left, right, we have forward and back, but then we have time. We are constantly moving forward in time, effectively creating a fourth dimension. Right. Well, we're moving through time, and we're thinking, like, through time. Like, we're thinking about, like, time and how that affects us, like, you know, memories of past loved ones in the past and how that affects us today. Imagine having time travel and being able to just go relive all of the best moments of your life and, and how that would might change how you think about good moments and, and how back, that could change you as a person. Going back to your time cop thing, are you familiar with a, I think it's called a time continuity loop. What? Like, is that like, okay. Oh, I know. I know this one. That's like, that's like a, that's like a planet of the apes where they're no, just stuck no. in this circle loop. Or at least I, maybe I'm, I'm not that familiar with planet of the apes, but it's like this, say Billy Bob goes back in time and um, shoots George Washington. And this is, like, while he's still working, like, in the pre-colonial, or not pre-colonial, but pre-American period. Well, you register a change, and then you go back in time, and you fix it. But the thing is, then there's no reason for you to have time-traveled in the first place because you have prevented the thing that would have alerted you to its existence. Right. Effectively, either A, creating a paradox, B, creating an unresolvable loop, or C, creating a problem that is just straight up unfixable. Um, that's why I'm really hoping we have divergent timelines instead of singular timelines, <laughs> because it gets really messy to even think about. And I don't know what would happen if we ended up in loop. Like, what physically would happen well, if you ended up in a loop? God, I can't remember. The, I can't remember the name of the show. Oh God, I can't. It used to be on Sci-Fi. It used to be like the the U.S. soldier that they would send back like seven days or something like that all the time. The other oh was, yeah, no, yeah. I know what you're talking but, about. I think it was was this? Um, oh God, Outer Limits. Yeah, it might have been Outer. But the the guy everybody else would forget except the person who traveled through time. And I think that was how they got outside of that paradox, was because he he would remember the con he would remember the contents of going back in time, 
because he was sent back or out of, out of kind of, I guess, but that was part of it, and that's how he would be able to remember and then report back what happened. Oh, quantum leap. Yeah, it was quantum. Leap. I don't. Was it quantum? Leap? No, it wasn't quantum leap. I don't no, think it was. No, it wasn't quantum leap. I can't remember the name, of, but it, but essentially that was how they got around that, and I assume and they record what he did, so that was ways that they would rec- they got sort of out of that paradox. Yeah, but what happens if he goes back in time and dies, and now they yeah. have tape recorders way too early? Or you accidentally smashed the mosquito and now lizard people have taken over yeah, the planet. It's one of those things where it's such a murky thing. Like, sure, if it's a divergent timeline, sure, time travel, go for it. If it's not divergent timelines, then yeah, we really shouldn't be messing with that. We could break we could break our own game so bad that it's not playable anymore. All the saves will be corrupted. You just have to start a new game. Uh uh, I like uh, one of the other questions that you've asked. She said the last uh, of- the last official exorcism was done by the church in 2010, as far as we know. What is your opinion on that? Do you think they're effective? Should we keep doing it, or are they totally useless and we should let medicine do the job? I know someone in this room yeah. with very passionate views on exorcism, and I think I'm going to let that person take the lead on this. So I think... I mean, I always approach that very delicately. I mean, when we've done paranormal investigations, anytime which somebody said that they genuinely feel that they feel like they are possessed by something, we just flat out said no. You know, it's not something you should do because, you know, I, I, you know, when it comes to the Catholic Church, something that people don't know about is that they just flat out, most of the time, turn down like 99% of most exorcisms that they do. You know, a lot of the times, if you look at, like, the history of, like, you know, psychology and people thinking that people were possessed by spirits and some of the medicines that revolved around that, tortures, really, that revolved around that, more or less, that revolved around that. I genuinely think that it can happen. And I think that, I think that they are effective. I think there are many cultures around the world that claim success when it comes to exorcisms. And they all do different things. Like, you know, a Shinto priest will do something different than a Catholic priest or, you know, something like a shaman or somebody. They'll all do something differently. The only thing that they do different, the only thing that they all have in common is the genuine belief that what they are doing is going to work. That's the only thing. I'm like, it's either, it's either one of the, like, there's multiple ways to get to the top of the mountain or it's something genuinely behind human belief. And I would, I would actually fight you a little bit on that to say also they all have in common a level of performative ritual. Well, we, well, yeah, I think that go, that goes into them, but the belief because they, there's. A I think you hit the more it. important yeah. point. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a. I think that's part of why they genuinely believe that's going to work is because there's a a ritual element of it. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you. I'll give you that too. Um, one of the things I'd throw in to add on is you touched on this a bit earlier, but when we do do investigations for people, as a rule. As One Candle Society, and this has been from, like, way before we ever started doing anything online, one of our core rules has always been we do not do possession cases. Possession cases are highly, highly, highly complicated. It's not uncommon for them to end in death. We feel that we are not properly certified or sanctioned to do them, so we avoid them like the plague. Right. I mean, really, like, if you, like, something about Catholic exorcisms that most people don't know is that they're not one-and-done events. They're very long, drawn-out processes that can take days, months, and even sometimes years to pay. Decades, aren't there some yeah. that are over decades? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it can be a very 
long process if you're just looking at just Catholic exorcisms just as a as a thing. And so I, I think that is something that people should sort of think about when it comes to the concept of exorcisms. It's like you walk in, you say some things, and the person goes, oh, I feel better. And not even really thinking about whether or not, if, what if the thing that's possessing the person just went quiet for a moment to get you to stop. Oh, yeah, often they're just relieving pressure. Right. The thing's not truly gone. You know, I think this was a big thing about the, you know, I, I think this was a thing that not a lot, a whole lot of people think about when it comes to exorcisms is is that concept of something of, well, if you're really dealing with something that's super trying to deceive you, why wouldn't it just stay quiet for you to go? Because, again, you're dealing with something that's existed for millennia, before time existed itself. And you don't think maybe in that time it came up with the concept of, you know, maybe if I stay quiet, this douchebag will leave me alone, and then, and then I can go back to doing whatever I'm doing. Like, that thought didn't cross its mind. <laughs> you know, like, I think that is a thing that people should think about when it comes to exorcisms. And I have a similar thought on uh, house cleansing with sage. Like, it seems to relieve the problem for a short period of time, but how often do you hear stories or cases or anecdotal information involving there being a sage house cleansing and everything being fine for a month. And then the thing just comes back super pissed off. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's why I, I'm, I know this is a bit of an oddity in the paranormal community, but I like almost never endorse house cleansing with sage. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like paranormal maze. Cause most, the, yeah, yeah. Most, it'll, most, it'll get to go away, but it doesn't fix the problem. <laughs> it's like, you've just, sort, it's like, you just sort of maced your intruder and then you just don't do anything. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just going to come back super pissed next week. <laughs> He's just bad. <laughs> oh, this. I, I like your last question, too. Zombie apocalypse starts right now. What's your best hideout plan? Oh, goodness. Uh, barricade the... Barricade the house. I'm going to barricade the house. I have a lot of random stuff around. I'm going to lock everything down. I have a surprisingly long amount of food. And I'm going to cross my fingers and hope it's not a long-lasting situation. Like, so I'm, I'm going to lock myself down, assuming that this is going to be a resolved within three week thing. I also have a surprising amount of sharp objects around my house, so I'm going to arm myself as well. Now, if at the end of those three weeks, and I'm starting to run through mine and Ellie's rations we have, Ellie actually made years ago a journal for if things ever go to total hell and society breaks down, how to make everything from scratch. Like, how do you make a forge out of things you can just find in rubble? How do you make a water filtration out of things you can just find in rubble? And, like, just, it's a whole journal just filled with that. I think at some point we're going to have to grab those, use my survival skills, and try to start getting some people together because if they're zombies, yeah, we'll be fine. If they're zombies, the fast zombies... <laughs> You got to get organized. <laughs> you you got to get people no. together. You're not going to beat that on your own. No, I'm, I'm, and I'm going to probably head out to the wilderness, get away from population centers. No, I'm I'm going to go the I'm going to go the other route. I'm going to go uh, I'm going to go like the Negan route, where like from like the Walking Dead, or I'm going to be like I'm going to be like no, I'm in charge now. <laughs> okay, we're and this is how we're going to do things. You have no survival skills. You're going to lead I don't need to survival. Their death. Sk- I don't need survival <laughs> skills. You know why? Because in a crisis. What happens is, is people look for leadership. How many times have we been in a crisis and everybody starts looking around for Dude, somebody? This is starting to sound a little fashy here. No, no, but I'm. But what I'm saying, I gotta rely on my skills. Okay, that's what I'm saying. 
like you know, it's like what my dad's. My dad's a, like I. I really like my dad. He's the. He's the. He used to work at a place that used to make like. I mean, he may still work there. This vacuum seal, uh, company that that makes detectors for like, uh, uh for like some for like astronauts are coming something something whatever. But like essentially, like he makes these testers, so he has to have these, uh, vacuum sealed like stronger than like ten times the vacuum of space. Okay, like rooms, and he has engineers under him. And an engineer came to him and said, and was said, you know what? I'm really shocked. You don't have an engineering degree. And he said, you know what? I don't need to have an engineering degree, but I know the consequences of what happens if someone stands in that room <laughs> whenever all the air gets sucked out and the dangers of that. That's the point. You know, you gotta, you know, like, no, I don't need, I don't have survival skills, but I can help bring order to some people that may have said survival skills to try to survive. That's the route that I'm going to have to go because otherwise I think I'm going to end up dead. Before we move on. I'm not saying fat. Why do you assume I'm going to get (laughs) fascisty? It it sounded a little... A little fashy, a little fashy. Or or it bit. could be that I'm rising up like a, a, a leader during times of crisis. I, I hope it's that. that one. I hope it's that one. But wait, I have another question. Another question. This one, I had a conversation with someone earlier today. Mm-hmm. And if you were if you were uh, just still you, what D&D class would you have? What would be your class? Oh. <sighs> Bard. Yeah, yeah, you'd probably, you'd probably be, be a bar. You're, you're good. You're a smooth talker. You're I funny. And I'm, a, and I'm a pep talk. I'm a, I do, you I are a really very good pep, pep talker. I do. His pep talks are amazing. Talk to him before you go in an interview. You will feel great yeah. going in. Yeah, that's that's something that definitely that I feel like I'm really good at. I feel like I'm just, I'm, and I'm musically inclined. I play, I play yep. the I played the saxophone for, for, for over two decades. Uh, so, you know, it. it so I I think that would be. What about what's your class? Oh, it's it, isn't it obvious? Take a guess at what class makes sense for me. Druid. No, a ranger. A ranger. Yeah, I, I can I shoot know. a bow Whoa. like a freaking clack or crack shot. I'm good with animals, and I know how to hide or I know how to survive in the wilderness. wilderness. And I'm surprisingly stealthy for a large guy. That's true. That's true. He can be very he can be very quiet, sneak up on you when you're not paying attention. Yeah, it always it always spooks people because I'm I'm not a small guy. I have like these big old shoulders. I look like someone who should be lumbering around the woods, but I'm surprisingly quiet when I need to be. <laughs> that's that's true. Also, I'm not very talkative, so sometimes I just pass someone in a hall and they just go, Whoa, whoa, what just happened? Oh, uh, 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 here's one from Instagram. Uh, the nightclub podcast said, "Why are y'all so sexy?" Ooh, because I didn't go eat, first. Because I didn't eat my vegetables. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I, just, I feel like I just, that's a hot button issue around I here. Know, I know. I, that's 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 how I didn't. That's how I stay so sexy. I am a very pro vegetable person, but my sexiness does not come from the vegetables. Although I hope all of you out there are eating your vegetables. Those of you who really need to eat their vegetables, you know who you are, and you know I'm targeting you. Hint, hint, at least Marcus as well, but several other people. Me, it is all confidence. With a, I have a face that looks like I've been beaten to death with a frying pan, and my body is less than chiseled, but I, three different people tried to pick me up this month, and I feel pretty good about this. It's yeah. all about your freaking confidence. That's true. That's true. Your Just fa- walk into the room and be like, I am definitely the coolest person here. Every time you walk into a room. So your face kind of looks like if you stuck it in a rock polish here. It not just quite work out. <laughs> but, but you are going to, I'm very proud of you for going to the gym and working out. I ate a vegetable. I ate a vegetable yesterday. Not, I mean, it was by accident because it was imitation meat. So the counts. The count <laughs> I drug him to a, to a vegan restaurant. That's true. 
But to the nightclub, you have to realize when you ask why are we so sexy, you have to realize there's definitely a disparity a disparity here. I agree. Marcus there is, is kinda, a disparity Marcus between is our kind of down, down, I yeah. Agree. Marcus is down, yeah. And I'm up here. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm way up here. There's a big gap here for Marcus, I, for Marcus' scale. That's right. That's right. That's uh, there. There is definitely a disparity between the, the two disparity. of us. Disparity. Disparity. Don't you use your fancy <laughs> words with me. I have to be careful. I'm several beers in already. I'm about to open my last beer. Ah, but but also they're sexy too. They're very two Cajun guys oh, and have yeah. a really cool. Uh, also have really cool horror content. If you uh, like horror well. content, or if you're a fan of really freaking awesome accents, or go weird, check them out. And just weird stuff. I would just listen to them speak like in Creole, like yeah. for an hour. I would just listen to that. That's. I mean, they're probably the of all the podcasts that we've been on. The one thing I like about the nightclub podcast, uh, definitely, is their very grim, dark uh, stuff that they've had. They probably do some of the darkest con, like 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 scarier content, like horror content. Also, like our time on their show is very memorable for like, me because like of you faking your way through being a Neil Diamond fan. <laughs> no. Oh, I'm still salty about that. that was... I'm still salty. Tell tell them the story just in case they don't know. So, it. Okay, so we're okay. I'll I'll tell you guys this, and I'll be honest. So we're we we go on the nightclub podcast, and we are going to talk about the Phantom Clown phenomenon, which I don't know if we've that may be one of like the earliest topics that we did like on our podcast. And but it was it was but there was the whole ep- the whole first half of the episode was dedicated to that, and it was a lot of fun. And then for the second half of their episode, they critique a movie, and uh, we picked Coraline. That you know because I, I love Coraline, and I'm actually scared of horror movies, and uh, I know, and I'm I'm just a wuss with them. And so we start talking about Coraline. So to prep oh for it, God. to prep for it, I start watching. I'm already mad. I, I start watching some other content creators. And their analysis of Coraline, and a lot of them are talking about the differences between the book. So I start talking about this on the podcast, where I start talking about differences between the book, making it sound like I read the book, which I never said I did. Thank you very much. But the thing is, I'm actually a fan of Neil Gaiman's stuff. I will read his stuff from time to time. I consume a lot of Neil Gaiman's media. And so I'm a legit fan, and I know for a fact he's not. But he's over here being so convincing that he's so knowledgeable on it the whole time that during oh, the during no. the discussion, I am just seething. I am just seething because I know for a fact that he is bsing. One hundred percent, I am certain he is bsing. I wasn't wrong. In any no, of the you weren't of what I was wrong. Saying. You weren't wrong, but, was... but you definitely have not read the book. No, I wasn't. But I, wasn't. That, I haven't read Coraline. It's one of Neil Gaiman's works I have no, not read. It is a really good book. You know, I, I am absolutely the master, the kid that was in oh class that, like, didn't realize he had a book report, and so he's just reading, like, the back of the book and the front of the book and just, just BSing his way. Okay, time, just, time for a Red's through, Wicked Black Cherry. Through, through like, Treasure Island. <laughs> like, it's a really good book about an island. Uh, that has treasure. I think this is it one is of the, a really good book. Yeah, this is an American classic uh, that has been read in many classrooms. <laughs> like just helping, just helping for the beat. <laughs> oh my god! Like the relationship between. Uh, sorry, it's been a while since I read, but I believe the characters' names were Tom and Silver. The relationship between them was really good. Go read. Go read the book. Yeah, it's, it's or at least book. watch Treasure Planet. I've they never, actually covered kind of. I've close. never, I've never read the book. It's good. I read know. the book. I know. But, read a book. But it was, but. Uh, Again, what I was saying in the podcast wasn't wrong. No, you weren't wrong. I was, just, and it was interesting topics to bring up. Yes, you know, 
But it did make me very angry. Or, or, jelly. <laughs> you weren't the one bringing it up. I'm just the saying. other cool thing about uh, when we were on theirs, um, it was very hot in the studio that day, so we turned off the lights. Yes, it was. And just so you guys know, I cannot sit still. So while I'm sitting here doing this podcast, I'm kind of swaying a little bit from side to side because that's how I am. I'm a very energetic person. But I also wear glasses. So... And the glasses kind of shine the light back from the computer. So the whole time we're talking with them, there's this pair of glowing eyes kind of swaying in and right. out of their stream. Like, you look like like a 19s, a movie from like the 1970s with like a CIA agent trying to hypnotize somebody <laughs> like on drugs. Like, just the whole time just swaying back and forth, being like, you are under my control. But I like to you sway. Are very I relaxed. a lot. I know. It's just the whole time while you're doing that. I mean, I know, so I'm not bringing it up. But like yeah, it was, it was definitely very fun. They're, and they're cool guys. I think people should absolutely check out their podcast. I'm gonna ask you that. Who's who's another one of your favorite guests that we brought onto the podcast? Oh goodness. Okay, I'm gonna shame myself right here because I don't remember the guy's channel name. But who is the English guy that we brought on that normally does like creepy readings? Oh, Kirk. Yeah, I really liked Kirk because he had not done any prep on the subject that we were talking about. But no, blew, Tom, Kirk, Tom Kirkbride. I'm sorry, Tom Kirkbride. But he blew it out of the water. He blew it out of the water. He made jokes the whole time, yes. even though he didn't know about the subject matter. He kept everything rolling and was a really funny guy. Yeah. Him and Lil and Kirk, I, I really like them as well. Uh, oh, Lil and Fritz. Lil, Lil and Fritz. Fritz. Sorry. Yeah, Tom, big shout out to Tom who did the no sleeping because, like, so he came on our episode and we talked about uh, blood rains. Yeah, blood rains, and he the whole time, the whole month. I was working on trying to find a meteorologist that would come onto our podcast. And, like, I reached out to, like, 15 meteorologists, like, five podcasts <laughs> dedicated simply to weather, which I didn't even think was a thing. No one wanted to talk to us. And no one responded. Yeah, no one. And I was like, this is crap. And so, like, I was so pissed. And finally, I'm in this I'm in this group called Scary Podcast, and I just posted, and hey, can we have somebody that does it? Uh, Tom replied, like, our white, shiny night. <laughs> And come on with us, and was just phenomenal. And has the best voiceover ever. Like, I bring up this story about Richard the Lionheart and a blood rain, and he manages to make, like, a running joke yes. out of it for the whole yes. podcast. He's a master of the callback <laughs> for jokes, and it was just great. But also, like, Lou and Fritz. Lou and Fritz, we've gone yeah. on their channel several times. They've been ours, on ours several times. Always really fun yeah. with them. You know, so we, we don't do a whole lot of content dedicated to ghosts. You know, it's just not, no, not it's, really. It's, it's never been our thing. They're cool. I think I think the fun thing about ghost stories is usually the history around the place. That usually tends to be the most cool part about ghost stories. But the problem is we usually don't like to right. cover a subject unless we can add something right. to it. But if we're only talking about history, that doesn't leave us a lot of room no. to add. No, but Lilith Fritz from Knock Ones for Yes probably has... In my opinion, the best content, like one of the best podcasts, talking about haunted stuff, ghost stories, all over England. They have those cool English accents. Yep. So you just can't, you just can't not fall in love with their whole channel. It's also, really great. Like, always a lot of weird similarities between me and Lil. Like every time we talk, we find some other strange similarity between us. Yeah, and and also we continue to find more people also into the forty k genre. Yeah, uh, and Fitz is a big fan of uh, Dark Angels, and I so we talk we talk a lot about that. And, it, and that's another great con and that, and that's another great content creator that does that does ghost stuff if you like that. So uh, definitely big, check them out. Ah, right, well, absolutely, big shout out to them. Jay the Phoenix. Here's a good. Here's a good one, and this is a good thing. We have we can a lot of up. phoenixes in our fans. We have a lot of bird <laughs> named fans. Love it. I, that love has not it. been lost on me. 
Ugh. Anyway, Jay <laughs> the Phoenix says, <laughs> "That's you. That's you." <laughs> didn't you guys have? <laughs> didn't you guys have a recording uh, corrupt earlier in your career about a potentially dangerous topic connecting multiple paranormal things? I don't care, but apparently locals, not sure if only Native Americans, don't like to talk about the ranch. Just saying, if I find this curious. Oh, he's talking about the uh, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you're now. talking about. Yeah, but he was talking. Yeah, but he was talking about uh, our our corrupted the the, the okay. video that. Okay, let's just tell the story. Was. Let's just tell the story. Okay. Very early on in our career, I think this is at the end of what we ended up calling our season one. Mm-hmm. We decided, okay, we're getting a little busy. Let's record a lot of videos ahead. Right. And so we did like five, six, seven videos ahead of time, right. and w- one of them in like the last one we did involved what we thought were the most important conspiracy theories in the paranormal and not even necessarily conspiracy. They're just the most important theories in the paranormal thing, things that just can't be explained. And one of them is what we consider to be one of the biggest paranormal theories that no one talks about. No one talks about this one. And as soon as we get done with this, the computer is entirely lost. Everything fully destroyed. That computer computer was a brick. My computer fries and we can't put it together. And we, we lost everything that we recorded. And we actually almost stopped podcasting, YouTubing. We almost ended it there. Yeah, we got, like, I was really, I was really uh, disheartened because of the content that we lost from it. And truthfully, I was convinced that the government had finally caught on to us and finally just, just decided to shut us down. So we got really close to just ending it there. Yeah. I think I, we didn't, like, post for another, like, two months. Yeah, after it was. That. Uh, yeah, we had, to reco- we had to recover from that. I had to, I had to get a new computer. Uh, you know, we had to like decide that we were to start doing it again, and yeah, and it, the well, what it was was how everything's connected. Yeah, yeah, that was, that it was, was actually a really solid argument on the connect interconnectivity yeah. of the paranormal because yeah. everything in the paranormal connects. Yeah, like you can just get connection to things like Bigfoot sightings going up at the same time as UFO sightings, flying humanoids and curses, like it, every it, men in black sightings and poter guys activity uh-huh. each one feeds into another and it's and, it, and it's a very weird thing like there's so many times that people just specialize in the paranormal and it's really cool but you know like there's cryptid hunters there's bigfoot hunters there's ufo hunters there's people that do stuff with ghosts and you miss a lot like you miss a lot when you don't connect stuff and you don't start overlaying stuff and start seeing some of like how everything just seems to be connected yeah the paranormal is far too compartmentalized and not nearly holistic enough it it really needs to be viewed more as a whole and it's written off like a lot of times people even in some of these specialty fields will write stuff off because it's often connected to other stuff in the paranormal. But we better not go too much further or your computer's going to get bricked again. Oh, dude, we're on some government watch list. You know we are. You know that we're already on some watch list. I'm telling you. There's absolutely no There's absolutely no way. So many times people come on our podcast. Are you only like, on your second beer? I've got to drive home. <laughs> I'm like about to finish my third. No, I'm not. This is I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it at this Bud Light and then I'm good. Mm. You'll probably drink like... Half of it. Half of it if we're lucky. Yeah, because I'm responsible. Um, I mean, I'm responsible. I'm responsible for consuming most of our alcohol. Here's a good one. If you could investigate any place in the world, where would you investigate? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's such a big question. You go You go first, well, I think. If I could investigate any place in the world, I would investigate... The White House. And here's why. There's probably a ton of stuff 
that, you know, it's it's one of the most protected places in the world. And when you're in the paranormal, you realize that, that people take precautions against things in the paranormal, right? So my question would be, and, and we've seen this thing in the, and, we, and we've seen this thing in the, throughout the time that we've been talking on our, on our podcast, that the more elite people seem to get, the more often you start seeing this really weird, like occulty sort of behavior. Start seeing from some them. really weird witchy yeah. stuff. So my question would be, what occulty stuff or protections is on the White House? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Like, if you're going to protect one of the most important people, some of the most important people in the world, the most important person in the world, what do you do? That's what I want to know because I'm just, I'm just, I'm super curious about that. I know mine. Because, well, truthfully, for mine, because I know that they would have to believe that it works. So, but what, yeah, what is yours? Vatican Library. It's another good and one. And I want full access to it. I'm going to be breaking down walls and seeing what's hidden behind <laughs> them and stuff. Like, um, oh, I don't remember when this was, but it was some time ago. Uh, they are doing some renovations in the Vatican Library. They ended up accidentally knocking down a wall. And they found a secret history of Justinian's rule of the... Um, of the Byzantine Empire, a really important time in Christianity where Christianity nearly fell out of favor in Europe and in um, parts of the Middle East. And in that area, that or they found this book, and the book has all these like paranormal accusations or accusations against Emperor Justinian and his family and his entourage, implying that they were heavily influenced by paranormal creatures and had paranormal abilities and things like that. So these books are definitely out there, but they might not be on the surface. So I'm going to be in there, like, breaking down walls with a sledgehammer and stuff, looking behind everything. Like, show me your secrets, Pope. It's, it's going to be like an ogre making a search check. Yeah, he's searching, but he's breaking everything while he's doing it. <laughs> but, yeah, no. And also, the vacuum library is extensive. I'd need, like, oh, probably a year to do that investigation. Probably more. Oh, ab- absolutely. I think so. I think that being able to explore the Vatic the Vatican's archives for some of the stuff that they would know about some of the stuff in the paranormal. Ooh. I'm telling you, I would absolutely love to see some of the stuff. I'm not gonna lie, like I wouldn't mind sitting through some of their like lessons on, on like demonology, like for actually oh, yeah. that they do. Because some of the stuff that they might have to I would be very curious some of the stuff that they would say. And some of the rumors of secret sex within the Vatican. Oh yeah, like the what is it, the Ravens or 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 something like uh, like from the division like Opus Day, which is probably mm-hmm. like real, but like but something like that. Like there's kind of like I mean it's its own government. I mean it's its own thing, and I mean there are people that live in the world of the paranormal. So I mean it's just it's 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 one of those things of what it's kind of like my stuff with the White House. Like what like what protections do they know about that they don't tell other people? Okay, I'm going to ask you something dumb here because I actually do not know the answer off the top of the, my head. Is there still a papal state or is it just Rome? I think it's still, there's a papal state. They have, okay, they okay. Have, they I, have ambassadors. I, yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure if there was still a papal yeah. state or if they had been in, or basically incorporated into Rome. No, no, no. I think there, there's still, uh, is there a papal? I'm going to look that up right now as we're on here. And I'm, I'm going to bet you're right. I just wasn't 100% certain. I knew like there was a long history of the papal state. I'd be a little surprised. And don't they even have like their own language, like La Manche, something like or they, Romanche? They, they used to. I know that. Um, I believe that it's still its own functioning government as it is. I don't think they call it the Papal State anymore. But um, and that's probably a medieval term for it because right. when I come across it, I'm mainly reading like books on medieval society and things like that. So that's probably at least that term is no longer used. 
called the Holy See. The Holy See? I think that's what it's called. Holy See, I believe is what it is called. Okay, but it is still a thing. Yeah. The Sea of Rome, yeah. Thank you for taking the time to, like, uh, respond to my ignorant question. No, well, I was, lo- well, I was looking up to see what it was still called. But I knew that, I knew that they still had, like, a, a government but, um, that, operated from the, that, that operated from the state. Um, Wes Cooking Good Looking asked us, would you guys ever consider doing a, a vlog? Whoa, 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 whoa. Where we have video. Oh, like where they see us and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. just be a patron. We do those. Yeah, we do do those. <laughs> we don't do them really often. We usually do one every couple months. Yeah, I mean, we, we've been meaning to do one for since I got back from vacation, and I think that, that that we would like to do that. I do know one of the things that eventually that we would like to do whenever we get the – uh, whenever we get the studio set up, is to have a uh, is to have a video camera on us while we're recording. We're oh yeah, there. but yeah, we call it One Candle TV. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. it's only on the patron though. Yeah, and you get exclusive videos that we put up just on there. We run stuff on uh, Dogman, Dog, the Oz Factor, uh, the Mexico City UFOs. That was uh, that was one we did, and you get to see us. Yeah, you get to see our beautiful, sexy and, faces, and you get to find out you get to find out why the night the night cat the night the nightclub podcast calls us so sexy. <laughs> it's a tongue twister right there. Oh goodness! Is there anything? What else would you like to talk about? Oh goodness, are we out of questions? Mm-hmm. Okay, there were some things I was thinking about bringing up. You go first. Let's each bring up another topic, and then we're going to go have a celebration dinner together. Right, we're going to celebrate this. And maybe like maybe we'll get lucky what? and they won't think we're on a date this time. Because <laughs> last time we had a celebration dinner, the waiter thought me and you were on a date. Yeah, I, I do. I do remember that. What What's been your favorite episode? Like like so oh, far, like and and that's goodness. any episode that we've done was probably one of your favorite episodes that we've done. As far as like liking it because I learned the most, the month we did giants taught me yeah, a, that was a ton. Because like I thought that was like a real fringy thing. I didn't think there was much to it. Oh. And then that month I read like four books on the phenomenon. I'm like, oh my God, there's so much to this phenomenon. And then there's re- so much. And then you learned how many people actually believe yep. in the giant mythos and like, challenged I, me on it. I had misconceptions about the myth that giants were real. So that that's at least the month I learned way more than anything else. And, I guess like beyond that, it's like anything where we're doing some mystery out in the ocean, I really like. Yeah, and it's and it's not real and it's not really very often that we're listening to a lot of like like christian scholars that like to try to like debunk evolution or like the theory like we're like i'm watching like a ton of their videos and we're having to like like and we're 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 in agreement like like the smithsonian is covering it up and there are (laughs) giant boats and the elites taking it like it's it's like some it's like it's like alex jones meets joel olstein meets one candle society like it's just it gets weird like in this this pop that that whole month but I felt I learned a ton from that. That might be my favorite, but I might double back on that. We've also done some other videos I've really liked. Oh, what was the Hayabacho Forest? Back uh, the Hayabacho Forest, yeah. Yeah, I think that was before we started doing the podcast. Yeah, I actually was, really liked that one. Yeah, that was. A- oh, um, the Thunderstruck episode might be my favorite single episode. Like, no really? one's. Yeah, well, the thing is, Thunderstruck, like, no one watches it. It's one of our lowest viewed podcast ones. But, like, I really enjoyed doing that one, mm-hmm. and I like talking about, like, some of the weird lightning phenomena mm-hmm. that was occurring in it. Um, like, I, I actually really like that one. For me, I think I, I, I loved when we got to do 
the demon house and we talked about the that haunted ha- the 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 kids that were possessing Gary and Ian. Oh, the the haunting of the Toya or the possession of the Toya almonds. She wasn't possessed. I know, but that's I what know, people call though, it. Even though that's what we called it. Even that's what we called the video too. Yeah, like, because that's what everyone searches. I know. That's and so they they called out was Zach Baggins. You know, curse his name. Screw that guy. You know, or whatever. Like that he worst he hobbit ever. It. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably also another one because when people when when people find out that I that I do a paranormal podcast. They always ask me. They'll be like, "What is like like one of your favorite things or the biggest evidence that you've seen?" And I and I and I quote that because he, and and it's part of it why Zach Baggins pisses me off so much is because he he literally goes over the top in his documentary Demon House when he doesn't have to. <laughs> like that was the part that pissed me off. Like he just does. He just goes boss to the wall, like and just off the rails, and just this other stuff. And demol- and when he doesn't have to, the problem is the subject he, matter is super interesting right. without him throwing his own BS on top of it. Right, and it's probably and so, some of the stuff that that's on there, like it's like legit paranormal activity that's on state of Indiana government forms. Yep, and, and medical documentation. And medical documentation, and he just overlooks it. Like he just doesn't really highlight that part, and he just goes and he just goes off in these weird tangents with some of the other people that he interviews to make it seem a little different, and that's cool. But it's like. This is probably one of the best evidence of paranormal activity, like in the modern era, in, since post two thousand. Isn't this something we easily. did for the Patreon channel where we just do a review of that and just talk about how bad the documentary was? Or no, was that something no. we planned and never did? No, no, no. We did a no. We did a whole episode on it. It's like episode ninety something. Oh, okay. No, or not episode ninety. something. It's definitely not ninety. Yeah, no, because we haven't done it. Maybe other. It's called the Demon House. We did that, and then we did a we did a case file on it earlier. Uh, in our career too, and when we talked about it, but if you talk about if you li- listen along with the podcast, we're actually talking about Zach Baggins' Demon House as well, because he tries to add a little bit to it, and then we critique some of that in that particular oh episode. I'm not gonna say all of it was bad, but like he just doesn't have to be, suck as much as he does. Yeah. And but I get it, but but I but I I, I get it, I get it. He's trying to be entertaining. Okay, I, I got a question to kind of wrap up on. Sure. Who's Who's sidekick? Oh, you're my sidekick. No, no, no. You're oh, my sidekick. I don't know what you're talking about. You are a hundred percent my sidekick. <laughs> everybody everybody knows the smart guy is the sidekick. Everybody <laughs> everybody knows. Everybody knows. It's always the loud, the loud, brash person that's in the situ that's in the situation. I'm the taller one out of the two no. of us. I usually have a better knowledge base. And beyond that, you're the one who always comes in with the quippy one-liner. That's true. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I, like a sidekick. No, or more like I'm Peter, like I'm Peter Quill, and you're Rocket Raccoon. Like that's, <laughs> let, let's go with that. Like he's, like that. That's that's a little bit. I would say that's a little bit more accurate. Or I'm like Batman, and you're like Alfred. <laughs> we can also, we can also I really that. think that if it came, if if one of us had to fight someone, I think I got the edge. Like if we had to fight, like if we had to fight somebody. Yeah, yeah, I think. I, Why I think, are we fighting people? I have no. How clue. many enemies? I do, do you not have? know the scenario where we do where we'd have to fight someone, but I think I got the edge on you. You're trying to be like, look, if we had to be in a, we are going to fight? I would win. Sure, that's <laughs> okay. Instead of Rocket Raccoon, you're Drax the Destroyer. All the more. Can power I be to Groot? You. Can I at least be Groot? You can I like Groot. Sure, that's great. That's, that's but you are definitely my sidekick. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. The first, and also, it's not, it's not sidekick, it's hero support. Okay, learn the <laughs> nomenclature, okay? It's not sidekicks. Heroes, please, be respectful. 
<laughs> you're sounding like the sidekick over there. I'm just saying, you sound like the sidekick when you say that. <laughs> I, I rest my case. You've made my point better than I could have. Oh, Thank God. you very much. You're the sidekick. No, I, I'm not going to do that. No, you're just being very discriminatory against all the people that have been... Uh, that You're just being dismissive of all the people that I have been... I don't feel like I need to make any further case. I'm pretty sure I've won. Mm-hmm. Okay, you ready to call it? This yeah, has been a great episode. This, this has been fun, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to just to the podcast. It's been 100 episodes. You guys are all the best. We've always said nobody loves their listeners. Oh, and their my God, you guys are the us. best. 100% hearts to you guys. Boom. Hearts to you guys. Big hearts. Big hearts. Um, Just always... I'll, you know, we've got some... Uh, you know, we've got some ideas uh, for some stuff, for some content for you guys. Uh. If you have not signed up already to be a patron to give us support, absolutely go do that because you actually can vote on the content uh, of the, the theme for our for each month. And next month, which we've got the poll up right now. Isn't it a four-way tie or yeah, something? Yeah, it's a four-way tie between Past Life Phenomenon, The Conspiracy Iceberg, Famous Paranormal Authors, and The Apocalypse. Do you know what that means? Do you know what that means? You. You out there. You out there listening. You can come on and effectively choose what we research for a full month. Yeah, you have the power. You have the power. Destiny inside you. And also, too, we've got a few more weeks, too, because we don't have a theme for this. Post No, no, I think it's just going to be grab bag yeah, mainly. Post, just post some stuff. Yeah, we'll post look some, at it. Post some topics below for us to do for the rest of for the rest of March. Please do that. I think I'm just going to buy a random book and just see if you want to discuss it. I want to find something weird, like, within oh, the yeah. animal for us to talk about. We love doing that. Post below with some, uh, some, some topic ideas that you guys would like to see uh, more this month. Um, again, if you guys are listening to this, please like if you're listening and you've gotten through the whole episode. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit that notification bell. Smash that notification bell so that we can stay up to date whenever we put out new and episodes. And an extra big thanks to all of you who, you know, added questions. And yeah. as a little insight not to one of them, I think I'm going to go try some fries with mayonnaise. I'm sure it's not going to be very good. You're German. That's the most German thing that, that you can do. Actually, when I did my research... I thought I'm it Romanian, was. not German. I, re- I found that only a few years ago. I thought I was German, but I'm actually Romanian. Oh, maybe that's why you find it so weird. I do it all the time. But I'm Romanian on one side and Cherokee on the other. I love I love fries with mayonnaise. Was that was that one of your internet friends? That, yeah, yeah, that's one of my internet uh, friends. Whoever it was, totally good advice, by the way, because it's delicious. Um, but again, post below some, th- uh, some, some ideas that you guys would like us to talk about. But until next time, guys, as always, keep believing. Because we'll keep listening.